Warning, this podcast contains descriptions of scenes of a distressing nature. Please take care. You're listening to some archive footage of a German circus from 1965. The grainy black and white footage shows us crowds queuing up at ticket stalls to a big top. We can see a woman in a ring facing four big tigers sitting up on their hind legs like cats. They jump through hoops to uproarious applause. Acrobats spin dizzyingly and camels parade. There's elephants and trick horses, even a bear on a motorbike. This is a circus bush Roland of Jasper Krause's childhood. In a few years' time, Jasper would be in this very ring himself, pinned down by a tiger, after he ran away to join the circus. I'm Sarika Crowley and I've been investigating the bizarre case of the man killed by his rooster outside Ballinasloe last year, 67-year-old Dutchman Jasper Kraus. Who was this man behind the clickbait headlines? I've uncovered the fascinating and tragic journey that led Jasper from the sleepy pastures of The Hague to the razzmatazz of circus life and on to the thrill of Hollywood westerns. A journey that could never have prepared him for the horror that befell his family in a rural town in the west of Ireland two decades before his tragic and bizarre death. You're listening to Death by Rooster, the extraordinary life and death of Jasper Krauss. Episode 2, The Greatest Showman. Jasper Krauss enjoyed an idyllic childhood as the eldest of three in The Hague in the Netherlands. He loved scouts and marching bands. It's a city synonymous with the Crimes Against Humanity trials at the International Criminal Court. It's long tree-lined avenues home to embassies of almost every nation on earth. But it was out on the wide-open lowland pastures where Jasper first learned of his gift with horses. As a young boy, he was reared among the majestic Dutch-Frisian horse breed, magnificent-looking horses with jet-black manes. Think black beauty. His daughter Virginia isn't sure of where exactly Jasper began his career, but one thing she knows for sure, he didn't opt for a regular nine-to-five office job. I know he did a lot of strange things. He worked in labs, you know, taking care of animals in labs, would you believe? And back then it was a big thing because medications were just coming out and stuff. And, you know, he always did, like, weird jobs that nobody ever think of doing, like in... uh, you know, he was really out of the box kind of person. You know, with the animal side of things, like, you know, he was like a sponge. He'd go off, he ran away with the circus. That's how he got his apprenticeship for the animal, the wild animal uh, license, basically, to work with them. And he travelled, he told me stories of going around Europe and, like, even he have, you remember seeing the, his arm, he had three marks on his arm from where he was working in a mountain range. And they were in the ring with the tigers and... The race it was a clap of thunder and they just went and they pinned him up against the side of the pen and the lads were coming with sticks and fire extinguishers, everything to get them off him. And he had could see the scrapes on his arms and they were unbelievable. It was he always loved telling the story to people, you know, and it was like it was unbelievable to hear it like that. You know, he had that and <laughs> it came out of it. Jasper worked with the two German circuses, Circus Bush Roland and Circus Krone, all around Europe in the early seventies. 
Circuses are still big in Germany. It's a huge tradition that's still strong. They feature acrobats, show horses, jumping dogs, and unlike here in Ireland, big cats. Lots of them. In fact, two days before Jasper Krauss died in Ireland in April 2022, Circus Krona in Germany made its grand reopening after two years of pandemic closure. Having done professional dressage rides in the Netherlands and with circus experience with show horses under his belt, Hollywood beckoned for Jasper. He worked as well on professional dressage yards in the Netherlands. He was a very big horsey person, always an animal person. He always called himself the black sheep of the family because everyone else had kind of office jobs and they were, you know, and he was the person who was outside and doing something kind of out of the blue and out of the ordinary. He did a lot of stunt riding for films and stuff like that as well. Robert Redford. One of those films included the 1979 hit The Electric Horseman, starring no less than Jane Fonda and Robert Redford. But after 10 years in the US, Jasper returned to Europe. A two-time divorcee by now, with a son in Germany, it seemed his riding days were over. He turned to another passion of his, rock music, and began working for a radio station in Holland, where he met groups like the Eagles on tour. After that then, um, I know he got married three times, so he did. And, um, you know, so he obviously didn't settle, but it was unbelievable. Like he was in Germany for years. He lived in Belgium, America, obviously for 10 years, and then back in Holland. And then when he was in Holland, he met my mother. My mother had... Um, the, the family had a pub over there, an Irish pub in The Hague, and they owned it and managed it and stuff, and that's where they met. Were she Irish? She was Irish, yeah. My mother was Irish. And basically, so then, yeah, I was born, and then my little brother was born. And, um, the in Netherlands, The Hague? In The Hague, yeah. And uh, it was, like, I still remember things from The Hague. Like, Dad was a very big musicy person. I always remember bands and stuff in the house and drum kits and guitars and all sorts. Jasper and Galway native Anne married and started a family. After recovering from a cancer diagnosis in 1991, Jasper and his homesick wife decided it was time for a fresh start. A second life for all of them, as he said at the time. The Krause family moved from The Hague and settled in Ballinasloe in 1994. Jasper, his wife Anne and their two young children, Virginia and Kevin. Ballinasloe is home to the biggest and oldest horse fair in Europe, home to the special breed of Ballinasloe horse. I reached out to a former colleague in Galway Bay FM News, Ken Kelly, who has lived and reported on the area for decades. There's a mess of history. I remember going to school and the streets of the town were lined with horses. And it was said before that that you could walk on the backs of horses the whole way down the three main streets. It was terrifying for women particularly trying to negotiate their way between horses as the streets were not against the streets but horses. Thousands of them. And it goes back to the time said, uh, the time that uh, we had visitors here way back, and when they came down, and they said that people were more interested in horses than 
than human beings. And it's supposed to stem the Ballaslow horse is supposed to be renowned because it is railed on the land where the limestone is so good. And it's a feature of Ballaslow bred born and bred horses. Same as the Connemara ponies. They're a distinct breed because of where they come from. The Ballaslow horse is something else. And we've had uh, we've had great show jumpers coming that were bought in Ballinasloe at the fair. Jasper was in horse heaven. With his background in Dutch Frisian horses, he would have appreciated the Ballinasloe horse. His circus and Western horse riding days experience stood him in good stead and led him back to working with horses again. He found his niche as a horse whisperer, as Virginia explains. Because he'd done Western riding, you know, he did dressage yards, he did show jumping yards, but Western riding was a big thing of it. Western riding is very kind. It's very horse-based. You know, it's not rushed. It's all done in the horse's time. You're in the, the horse's respect, trust, and then you continue on, which is beautiful. You know, it's not forced. It's not brutal. You know, it's in the time of the horse. And nearly every yard in Ireland, race yard, even people around here, got dad to come in to work on horses because dad done a good job you know he had a reputation a very good reputation for problem horses uh, even race yards here locally he worked on horses you know like and I was always the first person to back the horse so that's how they knew the horse was 100% so he put his daughter up on the horse and yeah this horse is quite they might have been nervous horses would they be or oh it'd be horses with problems yeah who could have been abused in the past mm. or unbroken he broke them and they were 100%, you know, they were mouses afterwards and there was nothing, never a book. I was never booked off a horse, nothing. Any horse that dad has trained or myself has trained, I've never been booked off. Only horses we bought in or other people's horses we've been booked off. So yeah, there's a lot to say for that. <laughs> Ken Kelly remembers seeing Jasper walking the streets of Balnasloe back then. Safe to say that in the pre-Celtic Tiger Ireland of the early 90s, Jasper cut quite the dash. He was about six feet three. He dressed as a cowboy. He had the leggings on. He had the big sombrero hat. And uh, he thought he was John Lillian when he walked into town. His wife was small. She was either walking behind him or in front of him. But really, never together. So the whole town knew them. The sight of him outside a horse was quite unusual. One of the horse trainers Jasper worked for is a man called Porrick Geraghty. Porrick has worked at the highest echelons of show jumping in Ireland and abroad. He was former assistant to the Irish chef to keep Robert Splain and then became chef to keep himself of the Turkish national show jumping team, narrowly missing out on qualification for the London 2012 Olympics. He's still immersed in show jumping today, working as a freelance coach. I meet him at Kilog Equestrian Centre in Kildare to speak with him about Jasper. So, Porrick, this is the kind of place where Jasper Christ would have worked a lot of his life. Yeah, he would have. He would have uh, worked at the stables for me. Uh, I don't know how many years ago now. It's a long time, and uh, we had a um, livery yard for show jumpers. We've done a lot of shows, and 
Jasper would have worked on the yard and he would have come to some of the shows, but he mainly worked on the yard with the young horses and he was very calm kind of a man. He was from Holland. He was a big man and he was very gentle and he was good with the horses because I suppose he his calmness kind of probably came across to them a bit and um, he was a really nice guy and he had a lot of a lot of um, trouble I suppose in his life and for a man that had gone through so much turmoil in his life he handled it really well it never showed it never affected him he was he was a really nice person and uh, he, his daughter was his world really he was really concerned with her and looking after her and he used to bring her to the yard from school and all that um, just was a nice person to have around Did he talk about his uh, love of horses and where his, his training and his experience with horses previously? <coughs> Not really he just he was just anxious to get uh, working with the horses every now and again he would he would relate s- uh, stories from from Holland when he was there and what he'd done over there but he wasn't the type of guy that would you know be talking about he'd done this or he'd done that he was just, he was just a very quiet type of a man um, you know he was he was nice to have around he was he was always um, reasonable um, and the horses the horses liked him because because of that I suppose he was just he, he always had time and he, he he'd be talking to the horses and he spent spent a lot of time with the horses and like look at there was there was other people working in the yard and he got on with everyone and like he never let what was going on in his life interfere with what he was doing and you know that's for me he, it was a really good sign of a person he never brought his troubles um, uh, he never spoke about them but you know when you think back and realize what he'd been through he, he handled it he handled it himself with with honor and with dignity throughout, throughout it all and he was always really uh, nice to people. He was able to, he was able to talk and relate to whatever was going on, and you know, he just he, he was a nice guy. And did he ever talk about the the tragedy in his life? Never, never. Do you think he found healing among the horses? I, I would, you know, think at the time. Obviously, you know, when you're busy, you don't think of these things. But thinking back on it now. Probably did, yeah, because uh, he spent he spent hours upon hours, you know, just uh, grooming the horses and brushing them and talking to them and taking them in from the, the, the paddocks and letting them out and you know he just he just seemed to have endless time uh, to be in the company of the horses, if you know what I mean. Um, so maybe that that was his maybe that was his way of dealing with the pressure that he was under. But uh, but he never you'd never know that anything was going on. You'd never know that he was under pressure. He was just he was just a, a really nice man. Pressure for Jasper back then came partly from being a foreigner in Hymany Park in the mid nineties. It's a local authority housing estate in Ballinasloe Town Centre. By this stage, just Jasper and Virginia were living in a house there. But Pork's comments raise more questions. What horrific tragedy was Jasper keeping silent about? What was going on in his life behind his calm demeanour? Why was he raising Virginia alone? And what happened to the other half of his family? Ireland is a much more diverse country today, but back then they became targets, as Virginia recalls. I tell you, when we lived in Hymany, we also were subject to a lot of racism from people who live there. We had swastikas written on their door, which was comical because we were Dutch, we weren't German. 
we had pelted with eggs, eggs every, all every, time. all the time. Eggs thrown at the house. I even have pictures of the house with eggs stains on it. Dad, like every Halloween, it was like World War Three in Hymeny. The bonfires would be on whatever. You'd have young lads going around throwing eggs, stones at windows. Dad, one year, was so sick of it. He actually stood out on the road. Guards were called. The guards stood in the car. They didn't get out of the car. Dad was pelted with brickets, turf, eggs, everything. I remember his neck was swollen. Ambulance actually came down to him and he's like, no, I'm not leaving. I'm not dealing with eggs on the house anymore. He said he stood his ground like, and unbelievable. Like his neighbours really respected him over this. Like, But that's just kind of what we had to go through living there. And obviously the young lads grew up, they copped on. Mm. But it was terrible. For, was that while you were a little girl? Yeah. So you can imagine what it was like. And if you heard when you were sitting in them houses, the way them eggs were pelt off the house. It was scary. Do you know, it was scary. It wasn't nice. Do you know, like, and for people to do that and think it's okay and then the next morning trying to go out and get the house clean before we have to go to school or wasn't on, do you know, the smell of it and then breaking windows and then we having to repair the windows ourselves. Like, there was no support there for that either, do you know, like, and really we're left on our own. Now, in this day and age, every second house is a foreigner, you know, it's normal now. And plus, as well, the bullying we had to go, I had to go through kind of in school at times as well because of being foreign. Tensions boiled over at one point in 1996 and Jasper was convicted of a breach of the peace after neighbours testified against him. He was sentenced to three months in prison but never served the time after successfully appealing the case. I spoke to his defence solicitor at the time, Garage Geraghty. He doesn't recall the case as it was so long ago but agreed Jasper was a colourful character. Jasper eventually moved out to his forever home in Crea, South Roscommon, just outside Ballinasloe town, where he and Virginia continued to work with rescue horses for the Galway Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. But before they moved, Jasper had one last wish, to get back in the saddle and break a world record. It was showtime. Do something big tonight, come on! Well, I was at the charity event that Dad did. Um, basically he wanted to do a charity event for children in need at the time it was in the late 90s and um, he wanted to do a world record attempt on horseback yeah and uh, he always oh, unbelievable like to you know there was people standing on the, the playground wall and behind me with, with their bed sheets come on Jasper you can do it and uh, it was brilliant like to you know like every hour he was on a horse and then he switched to another horse so people from all over the place were bringing horses down for him to go on and he did 72 hours on the horse, living off coffee and cigarettes and rolls that the breadbasket provided. And, you know, it was unbelievable. Like, and uh, <coughs> basically, yeah, he um did 72 hours. The doctor said, you need to get off that horse now or you're going to have a heart attack. So he did 72 hours on horseback. On horseback. On several different horses. Yeah. Yeah. Which is riding around a field, was it? Uh, there was an old green in Hymeny and he did the always the outskirts of it. Sure, we had a band and everything to open up. We had um, we had somebody famous, a jockey there to to start it off. We had even a priest say a prayer before he started and bless the horse, and it was a really big thing. Like you know, it was like oh, it was very big at the time, and you know, I think he raised it over a thousand pounds, two thousand pounds at the time for it. Like, but um, a hundred and twenty seven hours, I think, was the world record, and unfortunately, he stopped at seventy two. But to do it was amazing. But I remember getting him home and uh. He was like, I can't get my pants off. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do here? 
I can't take it off. I just can't get it down over my calf. Get a scissors, he said. And I had to cut the pants off his leg. His leg was black, blue, purple, enlarged. You could actually indent your fingers into his leg. He had a blood clot in his leg. And that was the start of his health from then. So he tried to do something good and this came out of it. The Guinness World Record attempt brought back happy memories for Jasper and created new ones for Virginia. Horse trainer Porrick Geraghty mentioned that being among the company of horses was Jasper's way of dealing with the troubles he had. But what troubles was he talking about? Coming up in episode three of Death by Rooster, we uncovered the most horrific chapter of Jasper's life, the brutal stabbing of his toddler son, Kevin. Seeing Dad in tears coming down the stairs, I knew something went wrong. Ah, it's a bring tears to a store now. And I remember seeing my father scrubbing the ground, scrubbing my brother's blood off the ground, and that there was nobody there. You've been listening to Death by Rooster, The Extraordinary Life and Death of Jasper Krause, an Irish Examiner investigative podcast. The show was written, researched and recorded by me, Sarika Crowley, produced by Deirdre O'Shocknessy, with sound design by JJ Vernon. Graphics were done by the Irish Examiner visual design team. A special thanks to Virginia Guinan for her help with this series. Read the story on irishexaminer.com. If you've been affected by any of the subjects in this podcast, visit irishexaminer.com forward slash helplines for a list of support services and helplines. Thank you for listening.